Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of making merry even though they're stacking up cordwood outside, and I'm not going to say what kind. <laughs> ho, ho, hope we get through this soon. Yes. yes. Well, you know, it's not the first time that there's been a... Uh, uh, you know, a Christmas during a Holocaust of one kind or another. I, I don't know exactly when the, uh, it was in the fall that they had the huge uh, uh, flu outbreak in, in 1916 uh, or 12, was it? 1918, the Spanish flu epidemic. Yeah, it was yeah. in the beginning yeah. of the year, and then it came back even stronger in the fall. In the so, fall, yeah. right. So I'm saying Christmas was tough. And, of course, during the Middle Ages, during the... Uh, Black Plague, and of course, uh, so many years when people were off at war and huge world wars. So I'm sure that you know, for a lot of people, uh, making merry is is a challenge that we you know need to rise to. Uh, and uh, so we're uh, this. So that's what we're basically uh, going to be doing here is we're just basically talking about all the you know not just the things we're thankful for because you know but but all the things we did during this past year that you know made life livable, made life fun, uh, things that we did to you know to really be gamers in a uh, in, in an apocalypse world, and um, and what we have to look forward to uh, in the next year. So uh, so I guess we should uh, uh, start over and uh, you know. I mean, uh, both Trav and I lost our jobs in the past year. I got another one, even better job. So I'm happy about that. But it was a tough three months, I think it was. Yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, for you, yeah. April, May, June. Yeah, uh, or July. Yeah, June, I think it was. Anyways, I, I forgot now. It's been, yeah, June. Um, almost exactly three months. And uh, I was sweating bullets the whole time. And uh, because my, you know, because we had other circles, I was basically supporting my unemployment was supporting the entire house. Okay. It was, it was, uh, I had three people here, you know, who all eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All need all needing medical care and hoping, hoping, and trying to understand how the the uh, non corporate medical plans work. And they're yeah, what a nightmare. Uh, anyway, so uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I I had no idea it was so bad as far as those kind of plans were concerned, and how expensive. Yeah, I I yeah I. Well, as as Bruce said, I also lost my job this year of well, well over a quarter century. And so I've been introduced to the concepts of looking for non-corporate based insurance, which I found um, 
and also dealing with um, unemployment and whatnot, which, you know, that each state has their own different methods of gaining it. And the three of us all living in different states, obviously, it's going to be different processes. And so I've been having to deal with and I now have the prospect. You know, we had to, you know, find different ways to be still do what we love. Find ways to stay sane if you if you call what it is that we do sane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, lots of people have looked at me my entire life as if I was a little bit off, you know, or maybe a lot <laughs> off. Okay. And I'm like, okay, fine. So Jonathan, uh what big what big events happened in your life this year besides the one that happened to all of us? Yeah, the uh well, I mean COVID, losing my job back in March. So all three of us lost our jobs. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that. I am sorry if Oh I'm yeah. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah, mine was so so much uh, like what, two, three months before you lost yours? Oh. Okay. Yeah, but I just I just became a, a, a stay-at-home dad since our particular situation in our home. We have me, my wife, my three kids, and the, then the mother-in-law who needs uh, some some care. Okay. So in our case, it was it was kind. I mean, it was gonna. It, it wasn't as bad because I was at least still having to work, as so to speak. I still had stuff to do even when I was not working but it was me it did mean i was home more so i had a lot more time to to think and oh yeah with ideas but yeah i mean that's that's pretty much yeah aside from COVID and and the same job loss that um, a lot of us have experienced okay it's been hiding from the, the, the hiding from the COVID. <laughs> but yeah, losing job and hiding from COVID. Well, great. <laughs> all right, um, all right. Well, then let's go on and talk about what we've been doing uh, in order to um, to compensate to basically deal with this craziness. Okay, I'll say that you know I think that the um, the the various news services and other things have done an absolutely terrible job. <laughs> I mean, it's this, this. This has been, you know. I mean, not only do we have COVID, which of course has caused a lot of problems, but we're in an election year, and the amount of fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and just absolute crap that has been coming through the various outlets is just boggles the mind. It truly shows that news is product. Yeah. Yeah. And finding a reputable source of, of, of good news has been next next to, to nothing. And actually, the only one I um, – I mean, other than listening to NPR, which I thought was pretty good, and there's also this uh, woman who is uh, on uh, Facebook. I should actually bring this up on my uh, my AOL. I Yes, folks, I still use AOL. I've had the same username for the past, what, 30 years? About that, yeah. Yeah, so I had no reason for me to give it up now. Uh, but uh, let's, But that's that's one of the reasons it's that way. It's like, you know, everybody who wants can find me because of that. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, her name is Heather Cox Richardson, and she is a uh, she's got tenure. She's a tenured professor in, uh, in history. Um, and so she brings a lot of perspective to things that are happening, saying this isn't the first time this has happened. This is what happened the last time. You know, this is how it's different, if it is different. So it's been really helpful to look at that. Uh, I've been getting the feed from the New York Times uh, and this thing called 1440 Daily Digest, which I don't think is so great, but uh, uh, mostly it's been the New York Times. And uh, uh, I... I I don't, I'm sure I'm not getting a balance in the fact that you know I don't I'm not getting the far right, okay. But but there's still talk radio, and there's you know and, and I and I think it's interesting that people used to say that Fox News was liberal, but then they've been like you know kissing up to uh, uh, Trump for the past four years. Oh no, they 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 have, and folks, we're not trying to politicize here. We we. We try to be on, not on that, but there are just certain facts that remain that Fox News has shown to be as far right as possible. Yeah, they're biased. They're clearly biased. Yeah, it, it is. And mm. and that's okay if you know that, because then, you know, when they say things, you can you know say, okay, well, let me see something from the other side. You know, what are, what are the questions I need to ask to get to anything close to the truth? So... Anyways, I mean, there is no one. It's one thing we've learned is there is no one source of truth. Uh, the government doesn't know what it's doing. The um, the medical profession doesn't know what it's doing. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have a feeling that the medical profession has a little bit better grasp of what's going on than the government does. But Let's they still, least... you know, they they didn't. They had no idea how to present it to the American public. So, and it it really hurt their. I, I think all of us have had. The three of us, at least, have had someone we know who's been through it. Yeah, I I know an entire family who went through COVID nineteen. Fortunately, none of my elderly relatives have had it. None, nobody in my house have had it because if we had, we'd all have it. And and of course, a lot of people that I know through you have had it. Uh, yeah, my my daughter and son-in-law both had it the weekend of my birthday, which is in mid-March. Now, back then, it was still many hospitals where, well, it's either a viral infection or what was the term? Respiratory syndrome. And then they look back, oh, crap, that was coronavirus that you had, you know, Mrs. Wheel, you know. And I'm just like, and the thing is now, her bestie and roommate, now has it. So my daughter and son-in-law are now under quarantine again. And I'm just like, oh, because it, it's pretty much been determined there's more than one strain. So even if you do get it, there's a chance you'll get it again because it might be a different strain. Granted, they're all variations on a theme. Yeah, it's really unlikely that you will, but you could be a carrier. Yeah. And so, you know, now my kid's on lockdown again. And oh, no, my daughter, when she was still working for the airport, had to bury one of her employees. And I'm just like, and my daughter's, you know, we talk via text mostly. I'm like, wait, what? I'm going to, you know, it's like I'm texting my daughter. I'm going to turn off my phone and turn it back on and reread what you just sent me. And I'm like, wait, you had, and she's like, yeah. So we all have, this pandemic has touched all of us personally because we can say we've known someone who either has had it 
or unfortunately they lost them to it. Um, up here, yeah, up here, a friend of Rich's, and I think Bruce, you might have met him a few times that you were up here. Uh, well, let's see, Continuum. Oh, no, he would have been here. Tom Barber used to run all the dealer's rooms. Yeah, I met everybody when I was at Continuum. Okay, well, yeah, Tom passed away from it this past April. And so, yeah, that, that hit, let's just say there were a few empty bottles that night, and I'll leave it at that, because Tom is someone I met through Rich. And so... I didn't want to become, uh, you know, um, maudlin. I was just saying, is it because of all these things, we'd had to find ways of, you know, basically... Uh, coping with these these very stressful events that were occurring around us. The fear, uncertainty, and doubt, the fact that some we knew people that had gotten sick, loss of jobs, uh, questionable income, uh, the fact that we're like, you know, I mean, you I think it's funny, people always talk about cabin fever, and I'm saying is that, you know, some of us, like me, uh, except to go to the grocery store and go to a doctor's office, uh, I've been inside for now since what April? Well, for, you have one of those jobs. You have the luxury from let's see, working from home, telecommuting, working remotely, whatever the you have that that option. And because of the industry you work in, me not so much. I was in a warehouse. I had to deal with the same group every day. Who they all came in, and so there was that chance. And I've got, <laughs> yeah. Again, I don't want to go over that. I mean, I, unless you really you know, need to vent. Uh, but I, I want to talk about what we did in order to deal with that, okay? And um, I, I was surprised. I actually did an, an awful lot of video gaming, which is not a big thing for me. I mean, most of my life, though I, I was one of the first people to get an Atari and things like that, I didn't have that many games. I wasn't one of those people that played games all the time. But I played on, on uh, computer games a lot this year compared to previous years. So um, and I, I made a list. Uh, the one I'm playing right now is No Man's Sky. Okay, heard of it. Which is a um, it's it's a multi-user, but you don't have to uh, game where you kind of explore your your piece of the galaxy, uh, and uh, it's kind of st it starts you off basically standing around in a uh, on a hillside, and you have to start with a spaceship, and you have to start building things from there and going off to space stations and figuring stuff out. So, uh, and I, it was, I would say that that game is really lousy on, on letting you understand how to do anything. Uh, but on the other hand, there's some tremendous wikis out there for it. So thank goodness for that. Ah, yes. Okay. But, um, uh, another game they didn't bother to tell you much about how to play the game was Fallout 76. Um, I got oh, that okay. last year in November, uh, as a as a pre, well as a Christmas present, and so uh, I I played it for, oh, gee, um, long time, uh, and I I finally just kind of got tired of it. You know, I uh, it's it's I, I never really embraced the game the way other people were playing it. I was literally an explorer. I walked everywhere. I didn't do any of the fast travel. Didn't do any of the strange tonics that make you jump through the air like you're on zero g none of that stuff i just uh 
just walked everywhere and went to different places and explored all of West Virginia. <laughs> and uh, after after that point, they decided to say, hey, let's actually put people in uh, this. Uh, I also discovered why most you know why I didn't like playing multi-user games because uh, you know they're very some people were really nice, but most people you know they were just like you know smack you on the head as they go running by kind of kind of folks out there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I've rarely found an, an MMO like that that I enjoy. So, uh, so I decided at one point I decided, okay, um, Fallout Four has been out a really long time, so I'm going to go and put in all of the adventure mods that people come up with, and I added all kinds of extra stuff, and I played the game the way I thought you should play it, which is, you start the game trying to find your missing baby, and you don't stop until you do. And you don't go any of the side quests unless you absolutely have to. And it was it was surprising. I had never gone that route before. Um, it was uh, I ignored all the factions except the one faction they made you get into contact with in order to find your way finally into the institute, which is you know no big no big spoiler at this point. Uh, I uh, I played a game called Galaxy on Fire Two which was much like a lot of the other space games I played where you're a captain of a starship and you go from space station to space station and sometimes you land um, on... War no, you just go from space station to space station. And um, buying and, a little bit of buying and selling, going on quests, and uh, there was a, an actual storyline. Uh, it was rather short. Uh, I, I was trying to make my my ship the best possible ship before I got involved in the main storyline. So I spent the entire beginning of the game traveling throughout the entire map, mapping, knowing where everything was so I could quickly go to them and stuff like that and knew where all the good good items were and tricking my ship out. And then I start the main quest and like, bam, it's over. <laughs> it's like, and I'm like, okay, so I guess there'll be more to do. And the answer was no. I'd already done it. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, the uh, you know they they expect you to do all of that exploring of other parts of the galaxy that are not part of the main storyline after you finish the main storyline. But that wasn't you know what I did. Uh, I played an interesting little game ca called Mon Musu, which is uh, a uh, a game about uh, monster girls. And uh, it, uh, I'm a big fan of the anime uh, uh, Everyday Life with Monster Girls, if, if you're familiar. Doesn't sound that way. No. Uh, there's, there's one anime I just saw that was like uh, like the coach or the, the health instructor who uh, was over like a, a school where it was like mixed humans and monster girls. That, that's not the sequel, but that's sort of a parallel one that happened. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the same idea, except instead of them living with him, he's he's as you said, he's like you know a a, a professor, a, a, a biology teacher in the school. Yeah, okay, I watch. think I, yeah, I, I think I have seen that. Yeah. That might be the one I'm thinking of. So you so you're familiar with Monster Girls, okay? So they are, and and their needs. Um, anyways. Uh, 
Uh, I did play. Um, I haven't finished, but I started. Uh, I got halfway through Starpoint Gemini, and they ran out of content because they hadn't released it officially yet. And that's when I got involved in other games because of that. Uh, but it's it's. Uh, they took a game that had always been third person um, with the little boxes with text in it, you know, for the quests into a full blown, uh, you know, lots of cutscenes with animated characters. So uh, you basically, you are this person and you have these interactions. I also installed and played some of Diablo 1 because I got that off of GOG.com. Uh, and it was it, it, is, it is as hard as I remember. Because <laughs> they don't give you much. You, you got to, you know, it's, it's, you, tr you try not to die kind of thing, you know. Yeah, pretty much. Right? Yeah, I played the Everspace 2 demo. Uh, which uh, I, which convinced me that I wasn't going to play Everspace 2 because they said it was going to be a whole campaign and all this stuff. And I was trying to give them a chance because I really hated Everspace 1. Uh, the, uh, but uh, uh, they had a bunch of, again, not enough information on how to play the game and some weird stuff that they had going on. But anyways, uh, and the last thing I played uh, wasn't the last thing I played chronologically, but I played Ember, which I don't know if you guys have ever played that, but that's a uh, uh, third-person fantasy game where, uh, you know, like many, like Diablo, it's kind of like a Diablo clone. I think I remember hearing about that, yeah. Yeah, same here. I think I've heard of it, yeah. It was really well, it was really well done. I liked it a lot, and I recommend it. So, um, so basically what I did a lot of was I played games that had big wide open vistas and traveling long distance through space or through landscapes or through whatever, you know, because I wasn't doing that in real life. So hmm. that was kind of my way of, 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 of living in a larger world without uh, actually leaving the house. And that was one, and that was one of the main reasons I did that was to cope, help cope with the fact that I was stuck in this house and walking outside mowing the lawn just doesn't really make any difference. <laughs> Not quite the same thing. Sitting there, sitting there behind the John Deere, going, "Yeah, I'm really going places." Yep. Well, the wife and I actually did get in the car one one Sunday afternoon and just drove for twenty miles just to drive, just to. Seems okay. Some, yeah. Something different than the same street we've been looking out the window at for the past three months. So, okay, Jonathan, you've been uh, I, I've been you've been ignored. So, what have you been doing to cope with uh, uh, with what's been going on and and to make yourself merry? Uh, well, one thing is that I've been. My gaming hasn't changed much because even when uh, before uh, all this mess hit, uh, most of my gaming didn't occur until after the kids had gone to bed because that was the only time I could had free time. Um, but definitely uh, found myself a little bit more free time during the day uh, while they were well, being a house husband. Doing, yeah, being a house husband. But even then, that uh, when they were in school time. There was, a, you know, more time for me to sit and think where I didn't have to keep an eye on them because they were taking their lessons. I only just had to check up and make sure they were actually doing their lessons. 
and not just mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> roaming on YouTube, as my son is apt to do. Uh, but I found myself reading uh, and getting involved um, in tabletop and board gaming design a lot more than I had been. Um, uh, over this past year, I've worked up a uh, gaming aid that I'm actually hoping to uh, contact some friends and maybe do a Kickstarter maybe next year. Oh, okay. Um I've also uh, been working on numerous campaigns for numerous different game uh, systems. I've worked a little bit more on the uh, I the alternate uh, start to a fringeworthy campaign where it's a corporate uh, endeavor as opposed to a government endeavor. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, um. Uh, Slowly been working up uh, a continuation of the Bureau 13 campaign I ran in college since now I have friends I can play online with. I can see how many of those old college players want to get back together on Skype or or, uh, Fantasy Grounds or something like that and play. Uh, But that's been a lot of it is just a lot of planning and and design and of of games and of uh, campaigns and also looking at... uh, I just a couple it was maybe about about a month ago picked up the Cortex Prime system, which really I'm I'm really liking that. It is a good generic RPG system for cinematic type campaigns. So I've been looking at it. Go, ooh, I wonder how would I make this? How would I would do Bureau Thirteen in this? Where it's I, when I describe it to people, I usually say, "Okay, imagine Agents of Shield meets Supernatural." Now it's a little bit easier to to even implement that in the game because you if you can follow a sort of television episode style format with that system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Never thought of it that way. I always do. Uh, imagine Men in Black with Hellboy, and they're like, "Oh, I'm like, I know, right? Yeah." But yeah, I like your idea too. It it brings it a little more, yeah, up to date because both yeah. of them are still very culturally prevalent. So yeah, yes, yeah. Certainly back when when I first started, it was like yeah, Men in Black and X Files meets James Bond. Ooh, okay, yeah. Uh, and I think even I heard uh, Bruce once. I think you referred to it as like X Files meets James Bond meets Get Smart. <laughs> and I think I, I, I repeated that a few times. But yeah, and, and nowadays, yeah, I think the the more the more uh, more common touchstone for a lot of the people I'm trying to talk to about it today is yeah, Supernatural and Agents of Shield. Okay, with maybe a little bit of um, uh, Constantine thrown in. Oh yeah, okay, there we go. <laughs> and I would think more the Matt Ryan Constantine than the Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> True, but unfortunately, the comic, uh, you know, Constantine. Are we talking about the movie Constantine? I, the thing is, it works for either one. If if somebody knows the comic, they'll get it. If somebody knows the movie, they'll still be kind of close. Yeah, it's a basic idea. Yeah, but yeah, okay. there are some different, some some significant flavors of difference there. <laughs> um, I also, um, but I, yeah, as far as video gaming, I haven't hardly done. Anything new, really? Um, this year, I've kind of been just vi- revisiting like some old standards and classics. Played a lot of Stellaris because I love my 
Conquering the Galaxy game. And they keep releasing new patches and updates, adding new types of species. So it's like, ooh, now I get to play as Necrophage. I get to be a dead thing taking over other things. Yay! Played a little bit of Battletech because I, I love my mechs. Uh, but just this past week, I have been playing a lot of Cyberpunk 2077. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, and I've been seeing a I lot of lucky. buzz on that. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was, I guess, lucky enough to go ahead and decide to get it on PC. So I haven't had the, the problems that a lot of the console players have had. Um, I'm loving it. I've been forsaking almost every other game every night for it. Hmm. Okay. And also been uh, doing a little bit more catching up on reading. The the big thing was um, just recently finished, and I some a book I should have read like probably twenty years ago. I, I finally read Dune. Wow. <laughs> and I can see why it's 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 well loved, and I I want to read the rest that Frank Herbert has written. Well, uh, I got as far as Dune Messiah and stopped. I got Children of Dune as a kid, and within a couple of, like, not even first chapter, I'm like, this is the driest thing I've ever read. I just couldn't get into it. I've got a lot of friends who, when I told them about that, they said, it's just got, it's so slow, I, I couldn't get through that book. And I'm like, there's a lot of political intrigue and a lot of yeah. hidden exposition in there where they're, they're teaching you about this world without telling you they're teaching you about this world. So I can definitely see that, but I kind of went in a little bit prepared for that. I already kind of, I mean, cause it's, that thing has been out for, I mean, just the movie alone has been out for 20 years, 30 years. Oh no. The David Lynch now, movie. Right? That was in the eighties. That was early eighties. Yeah, so 40. So we're talking 40. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I already kind of knew basics of the plot and, and setting, but. Yeah, I was able to go in not completely blind and, and, and prepped to look for these kind of political intrigues and these little hidden expositions. And I'm like, oh, so I actually had a blast with it. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to reading some more. Okay. But I will admit it's, it's it, because it is one of the older, like foundational sort of sci-fi stories. I can see how it's compared to what's coming out today or even in the past you know 20 30 years it's not mind-blowing but it's I, i'm appreciating it for what it does kind of like the way i feel about like lord of the rings although that one i could not get through and yes i know there will be people who are screaming blasphemy oh yeah yeah well for me the silmarillion was what bored me oh yeah 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 i like the hobbit um but yeah the actual main lord of the rings trilogy i could not get through it and it's i don't think it's bad it's just not to my taste. Okay. Hmm. And, you know, I can see how other people might see the same, see the same about Dune. It's like, you know what? You, it's not to your taste. That's fine. I'm not going to say, you know, you're wrong. It is to my taste. I'm liking it. <laughs> how about you, Trav? Have you done anything to, uh, you know, expand your horizons, uh, take your mind off of uh, stay in place? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, planning. Well, I will throw my hat in the game in the video ring. Both of you know I'm not much of a video gamer, but uh, uh, people near and dear to me, Amber and Joe Allen, um, Amber's in my Friday and Sunday groups, and they got me 
from Steam, Saint Seiya Soldier's Soul. Now, many of you might know Saint Seiya from uh, around the rest of the world. It's known as Knights of the Zodiac. And it's been out since like 83. It was based on a manga. And there was like an 80 or 90 episode anime. And there's been a few spinoff series ever since. So Amber knew that I, that's one of my two favorite anime along with Robotech. And so she and Joe, her husband, got me that via Steam for like a late birthday present. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. so yeah, I, I delve into that every once in a while. And Amber now knows why Saint Seiya is now a part of my Friday game. Um, <laughs> she's like, oh my, really, Trav? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's probably the only video game I've been doing. Me, I'm I just been, you know, running my games that I have. You know, I got four biweekly campaigns. You know, a Thursday and Saturday, and the alternating Friday and Sunday. Well, especially since I've been off of work now, I have plotted out four new campaigns. And plus, you know, if a campaign's wrapping up, oh, you know, this is the, so, oh God, probably six. One of them I'm about to start running when the Saturday game runs out. And then the other one, we just started on Thursdays. And it's basically the Kelvin universe meets the fringe pads. And so, so I'm running, you know, Star Trek on the Fringe Paths is pretty much... I mean, I have other names for it, but I'm not going to... And Fur's listening now, and she knows what name I'm going to use, and it has to do with uh, one of my players' characters trying to hit on the other one, and the other one is just shooting him down. So Fur, no, and she, I know she's in the live stream. I just heard, saw her pop in. She knows the name I'm going to use. <laughs> so there's that. Now, the four campaigns that I've planned... One of them, I'm, I'm converting FTL 2448 to Pathfinder, which means I'm using the advanced race guide to make the races like the Tugan, the Kimnar, the various types of humans, um, the Arkhol and the Skay. Oh, guys, I'm blanking onto the races. The Paybacks. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to do all the races like... I've already had one of my players because it's going to be my next Friday night game. I'm like, no, you're not. So I sent them the PDFs of the 92 books. And the first thing from Carrie, no, you are not playing a Krelvin. That would just, no. <laughs> but I'm sitting there having to convert everything from Rich's TriTech system to Pathfinder OGL 3.X, whatever you want to call it. And so that, that's been a bit of a challenge because I'm sitting there, they're, they're obviously, excuse me, there's no direct crossover. So there's a bit whole, uh, how to paraphrase Elf, there's a whole lot of eyeballing going on. And so I'm sitting there looking, okay, it looks like I'm checking okay on the perception charts. Okay, they have high smell, average other senses. Okay, I'll give this race the scentability. And I've been using the advanced race guide to basically make the Kimnar, the three lizardines, the the various humans. And so that was one of them. Uh, let's see. Kind of a more realistic and less cartoony version of G.I. Joe and Transformers. I'm going to have fun with that one when I run it. <laughs> because the characters are all going to be military. There's a 
and air quotes, an Autobot ship buried deep under Area 51, and they found it. So the government just brings in people from all the four groups and puts them in Space Force, which, yes, no, it's not a joke. We do have a United States Space Force, folks. Look, look it up on Wikipedia. General John Raymond is the head of it in the Joint Chiefs. So they all get in Space Force, and then they get in the ship and get, well, probed and augmented. And then later on, their characters will get these, well, living mechs, for lack of a better term. And, of course, there are people already out there with, well, they'd be Decepticons. But I'm trying to make it more realistic, less cartoony. You know, but Breakman Z did ask. You know, I dropped him off, you know, picked him up from work and dropped him off one night. Here's the important tra- question, Trav. Are there going to be red lasers and blue lasers? I'm like, of course, duh. You know, so yeah, that, and <laughs> hey, hey, it wouldn't be, you know, something G.I. Joe-esque, you know, well, that, that's the pie graph. Knowing is half the battle and the other half, it's split down the middle. 25% is red lasers. The other half is blue lasers. Then the top half is knowing because that's yep. the entire battle. All right. Yeah. And also, well, okay. Something I've been researching and actually I can thank for, for this. Uh, Bruce, I've mentioned to you the Wold Newton universe, right? Philip Jose Farmer, you know, where he said Tarzan and Doc Savage were related and the progeny thereof. Okay. I planned a pulp campaign in the Wold Newton universe. So there is a chance they may meet. And it's based in 1924. So they may be meeting, you know, Sherlock Holmes in his elder years and, you know, elder versions of people that were around during the turn of the century. And so 1924... Some of these personages are still alive. Let me let me try to shrink down. As I said, Philip Jose Farmer, the guy who created the River World, wrote two books: Tarzan Lives and Doc Savage's Apocalyptic Life. Saying that due to a, a real life meteorite that fell in 1795 in Britain, the people on board the two carriages near that landing, they and their progeny became well enhanced. And even since Farmer died. When Scott Eckert and other authors have expanded this universe, hell, it includes Star Trek, all because of what Spock was throwing around uh, Holmes quotes. So they've officially said Star Trek is the future of the when the uh, Walt Newton universe. And so I'm doing a pulp campaign on that. Let's see, FTL, pulp, soldiers and living mechs, as I call it. And I've planned a hardwired hinterland campaign since I just bought the second edition from TriTech. So in a month, I've plotted out four campaigns ready to go. So yeah, I've I've been buying notebooks and just I've gotten books out of you know that gather dust in my room and just yeah I've writer's cramp extreme because I am just scribbling notes in all these notebooks for all these campaigns, making the NPC for each campaign, researching the various things, and as I said with the Wool Newt universe. Uh, again, like Bruce said, there's plenty of wikis out there. If you dig deep enough, the Walt Newton universe gets into TV shows. The X-Files, The Lone Gunman, Millennium. Uh, for, for an example, that whole universe is part of it. Indiana Jones, just... If you folks look up the crossover universe wiki... You will be seeing, I think, sitcoms in there. I think, well, yeah, uh, yeah, Cheers and Frasier are involved. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's the big one that was all tied to, what is it, St. Elmo? Not St. You mean St. Elsewhere? St. Elsewhere? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, all of that was. Yeah, Chicago Hope, yeah, that all of that, that crossover universe wiki, yeah, all sorts of, you know, Jake and the Fat Man. Um, the fat man. Oh, no, that uh, Mannix. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of the old 50s westerns like Gunsmoke, uh, Ponderosa. Uh, oh, God, what's the other one? Big Valley, all of them. And so that universe is going to become a pulp campaign that I'll run somewhere down the line. The FTL one is my next Friday game, but the other three are future campaigns. And of course, plotting another Maze World campaign with Perky Goth, and I've started that back up on Sundays. So yeah, I've been busy with that. But yeah, my one nod to video games was the Saint Seiya game that the Allens got me. And I adore them for it. Amber and Joe, thank you again. It, it's the only time I use my Steam account. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, and I guess it's one of the few good things, you know, from Habibi that I got was, you know, she tweeted, you got to get this drab. Yeah. But yeah, so that's how I've been keeping busy is just, especially since I've been off this past month and a half, campaign plotting. So yeah. stuff is ready to go. I just got to have whatever players take the game, make their characters and off and running, hitting that ground running, just because I've had these ideas in my head and I want to get them out. And that's how I've been keeping my cabin fever at bay because other than occasional shopping trips or going over to furs, filling up the, the, the new car I got. Yeah. I I've been home too. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert by nature. And even now I'm already starting to be a little, uh, so as first says, I go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, I see you're down another rabbit hole again. We haven't talked in five hours. How's that rabbit hole? Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm good. And I give her a Reader's Digest version. She's like, ooh, you know. So yeah, all of us have been trying to, what's the old saying that I've heard from local rock radio? Y'all, go lo- y'all gotta go a little crazy sometimes to keep from going insane. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Jonathan, uh, maybe you could explain a little more about your gaming, what you've been doing in the gaming verse. And for as far as tabletop, um, well, it doesn't have to be tabletop. It could be, yeah, I mean, it's tabletop games, but you could do it through many different ways. As far as, uh, the tabletop stuff, um, yeah, basically, uh, same thing. I've been kind of working up campaigns, uh, to be ready when um, I have players again, because right now the only uh, players I, I have easy access to are my wife and my son, and we've been slowly doing um, the the D and D starter adventure, Minds of Fendover. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, and we we'll, might be incorporating my uh, oldest daughter into that soon because she's showing interest. She's constantly asking to play, and I'm. Feel like her reading ability is up enough that I think I think I can handle her playing with us. And how old are the two oldest? Eight and six. Okay, yeah, that that's about a good time to start. Kids with tabletop. Yeah. 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 Um, and of course, uh, the the biggest challenge is going to get the four year old to to 
not be upset that she's not being included in the same. Mm. Like, Don't worry, I'll find ways to get you in, baby girl. Oh no, no, she's mommy's dice roller. Come on, there yeah, you go. Well, well she's she's daddy's goblin voice maker. <laughs> I like that too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, baby, be a goblin. Arr. There you go. Good job. Good job. Nice. But then, yeah, outside of that, it's just been, um, yeah, prepping future campaign ideas for for when um, I have, you know, access to adult players again. Uh, I've been working on a couple D&D campaign ideas. I've been working, like I said, I've been working on um, PR13 and Fringeworthy. learning a lot about uh, some of the RPG systems I, I never saw back in the day. Like one of the, I, I just realized it today and I haven't had much chance to look through it, but I was, I was pleased to discover that uh, for buying uh, cyberpunk 2077, I got a free PDF of the second edition of cyberpunk, the tabletop RPG system. Oh, okay. Oh, the old, uh, our Teslorian game. Yeah. Ah, so I, I, I'm going to be looking through that probably a little bit later. Well, probably tomorrow. I'm probably not tonight. Tonight we'll be playing the actual video game. Tomorrow we'll be reading the PDF. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of it has been, as far as my gaming... has been a lot of just relaxation during the night, playing games that I get to just kind of tune out and not think... During the day, it's been plotting and planning and designing for various systems, various settings. I, I, I've been definitely wanting to do a, um, like I said, the, my biggest my biggest thing I want to do is try and get uh, some of my old uh, players back to to do a version of uh, Fringeworthy on an alternate uh, prime where uh, a corporation is... <laughs> the ones leading the uh, exploration and they're keeping it hidden from the rest of the world because they know that the Mellor are already infiltrating their world. Oh, so it's, it's kind of a, a, a it's a corporation. So there's always that aspect of oh, the big, the guys in the suits. Yeah. But they actually do have the, the, the good of the planet in mind. Well, yeah, it'd be kind of hard if you, you know, you have the Miller kill off all your customers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not exactly altruistic. Yeah. Well, it kind of is because I think I don't I, I don't know if I remember talking about this on a previous podcast or not, but the founders of the co- of the company are refugees from an, a nearby alt. Oh, that okay. had been taken out by the Mellor. Ah. Um, and so the way they made money and gained power here so they could fight the Mellor here was they formed a tech company and they used their, because that, that alternate was a little bit ahead in time. So they, they used their uh-huh. technology to nice. kind of get the jump. They became Apple slash Tesla slash Google before they appeared in you know, that world. Okay. All right. I like that. Yeah. What system yeah. are you running this under? That's the thing. I've been bouncing back and forth trying to find the one that I think would work. I, I've been bouncing between GURPS, between um, this new Cortex Prime, um, D20, the original uh, Tritec system. Uh, it, oh, no, Jonathan, um, if, you ever, if you ever need any type of like research material in the OGL, again, Bruce, 
folders <laughs> of folders of folders. Yes. folders no i i have no problem if you need you know any i'll fire stuff your way okay for ogl and maybe let's see i haven't done cortex yeah my gurp stuff is minimal I what was the other system GURPS selection um but yeah i think right now right now i'm still kind of working out the setting itself uh the system I think is going to depend a lot on who I think I can get to play. Cause if it's a lot of my yeah. older players who are familiar with the TriTech system, I'll probably just go with that because that's what they're familiar with for that setting. Right. Or for that, that, but you know, if I get some more newer players uh, again, depending on what they're used to we might go D20, we might go GURPS. I've got a few ideas, but okay. right now I'm still nailing down the setting trying to figure out, okay, how is this going to work? How is this going to work? How how are this is this company going to hide their their existence from the government when they know there are Melor in the government actively oh. looking for this? Oh, they went deep then. Okay, wow. Yeah, they're, okay. they 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 are like the storyline is the these refugees were were brought over by a, a sympathetic engineer who cryofreezed them. Oh, the so they're not fr- so they weren't fringe worthy. Okay, they are yeah. not. No, yeah, that's the thing. They are not fringe worthy themselves. So Ooh. that's why they can't go out. They have to find and hire people to do it. They do have access to at least one crystal key. Okay, or maybe two. I think I think I'm going to have them have access to a few, a few, a few of those low level ones, like a black one and an orange one, and then the one of the other low level security ones. Okay. Uh, uh, so, uh, like the founder's daughter. I have already decided the founder's daughter, who is like the main liaison for the team, will become fringeworthy during the course of the campaign. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've, 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 I'll have to like show you like the, the sort of storyline output I've got so okay. far. But yeah, like they were a group of like 10 refugees when they first arrived. They didn't do a good job of hiding themselves, and the government whittled them down to two. Oh, okay. So they have their own issues with the government as well, besides the fact that they're just trying to keep this under wraps. Okay, all yeah. right. So, yeah, it, it, I've, I've, I've got, you know, plans within plans within plans, and my biggest thing has been, all right, let's focus these plans. Let's figure out, you know, a, a, a sort of story beat from, you know, plot arc to plot arc to plot arc. And then let players create characters that completely throw everything out the window. Well, yeah, yeah, like they do. Yes, yes. No, but I am liking that idea, Jonathan. That is that is a because I I don't I don't do Earth Prime with Fringeworthy. I always put it on Earth and let them discover it. And okay, yeah, that's the thing. I wanted to I wanted to have that that moment of discovery again. Yeah, um, but then you know also have this. Okay, now. You have to worry about profits. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the bottom line, yeah. Yeah, this is a benevolent corporation, but this costs a lot of money, and they aren't the government where they can just get everything. <sighs> right. And, you know, tax the the, 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 the the populace later. The resources are not, they, they are finite, yes. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of, all right, what did you find out there? All right, let's make sure it's safe. Now take it back out there and use it in your exploration. Yeah, you get to do field testing, yeah. 
No. Um, okay. The the people that you have, Jonathan, real quick, um, mm-hmm. that you're planning to get, I, they're all familiar with French where they, they know it. They you know. Um, right now at the group I'm looking at, I think one is intimately involved because he played with me in college. Okay. I think one or two more have heard me talk of the setting. So I could probably surprise them by not letting them in on, you know, exactly what they're playing. He's saying, oh, you're playing a corporate espionage game. Yeah. Um, well, you know, misdirect. And then I have one or two other people who their experience is a D&D. That's all they know. Okay, yeah. It, that's like that was my Thursday game. Out of the six players, four of them have had experience with me running Fringeworthy. The two that haven't are Fur and our buddy Will Stiebling. So I get to do exposition all over again and tell these stories about the background of it. Yeah, Jeff, Josie, Z, and Carrie have heard it all. Will and Fur haven't. So they're like, wait a minute, this happened? How many <laughs> worlds died? What? You know, so yeah, that that's also going to vary on your level of how well they know Fringeworthy. That discovery factor hits the player as well as the character, as opposed to the knowledgeable player role-playing. Oh, yeah. That spark of discovery. There's a difference and, there. I've noticed and, it. Yeah. And luckily, the, the one player who I, I'm looking at who has played Fringery, he probably hasn't played it since college. So, oh, so if you throw in stuff from the D20 version, yeah, there, there's yeah, some... He, he's, yeah, he's be, yeah it's, it's different from what he remembers, undoubtedly. Yes. Felt like Mr. Burns there. Yes, excellent. Yep. <laughs> excellent. No, but that that I do like that campaign. I and if I just had time <laughs> without running my four games, I'd be like, no, oh, hook a brother up, man. What just you know, <laughs> what day? You know. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to, to when I get that one finally up and ready. But again, it's it's like, hmm, do I want to go with a more cinematic style and let each trip through the portal be like an episode and run it on Cortex Prime? Or again, do I want to do a little bit more uh, meat and potatoes type of system like TriTac or, or GURPS where, you know, there's rules for everything. Especially in GURPS. Or like OGL, if they don't have rules, they hire, you know, somebody else uses the license and makes mm. them up for them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I wish you luck with that. I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm going to probably, like, that's probably my big goal is like once once the COVID has been tamed or at least managed, uh, that's going to be my first uh, campaign I look to get started. Oh, heck, I I, I even, uh, for my Bureau 13 game, which, yeah, the characters are out in space, but every so often they have to come back to Earth. I use a third-party OGL product to make basically OGL COVID-19. Got the symptoms, the incubation period, the results, you know. the And so, yeah. I actually weave that into the, the Bureau 13 game. The times they've had to go back to Earth. Okay, you're making fort saves. You're doing this. Yeah, why? And they come back to Earth. Oh, by the way, there's a the middle of a pandemic going. And, and my team's like, excuse me, what? <laughs> well, you have been gone a while. And this happens when we leave the Earth for this long and you guys all get sick. Wonderful. You know. And yeah, I showed people the stats and everything, and yeah, they're like, "Oh my God, you did! You made COVID nineteen OGL trap. What have you done?" <laughs> it's called verisimilitude. Get off me! Yeah, <laughs> I'm dedicated to my work. That's right, I am. Oh, I got a lot of free time on my hands lately. I had to do something. Well, I actually did that back during the summer. Just you know oh, what? Yeah. 
it, I'm going to put this in the game. Okay, get this PDF from Louis J. Porter and da 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 da. I've done it. <laughs> and then they find out, what have you done? <laughs> I can yeah, feel them reaching things. through the Skype, grabbing my shoulders, going, <laughs> "Dear God, man, what have you done?" Yeah, there are some forces man was not meant to meddle with. Yep, right. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm stirring the pot. Yeah. <laughs> and you're gonna love it. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Y'all get to lick that spoon. Yeah. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.